So we could take the bodybuilding world for an example. Yeah. And of course, I know a lot of, you know, healthy bodybuilders that do it um, in a way that supports their health and their performance and, you know, their body. But uh, let's look at it as like, you know, a macro view, I guess, of their world where their whole sport is based on aesthetics. And so down that end, we have this very heavy focus on restriction and dieting to the point where it can impact health and performance. Then we can swing all the way up to the other end, which is quite new. You know, it's only really come about and into fruition probably in the last six or seven years where we have this movement around body positivity and health at every size and loving your body the way that it is. Now, you know, are either ends wrong? No, I'm not going to say that they're wrong. And if you are at either end and you are happy and you, you know, you're working on your health uh, and you can perform, that's, that's, you know, there's no good or bad. There's no right or wrong. I think it's really important to look at it as a continuum and look at it as a lot of us get stuck at either end. And so that creates a lot of friction. And I think what happens is that even at either ends, I've seen, you know, the severe overtraining restriction, uh, chasing aesthetics, and then way up the other end of, you know, I'm just going to love my body health at every size there create there's this friction that gets created i think between how our body looks so our aesthetic body or we could call it the objectified body and then our performing body welcome to the weight loss for women podcast a place where we share everything you need to know about restoring your metabolism so you can eat more, train less, and lose weight in a healthy and sustainable way. I'm Kitty Bloomfield, co-founder of New Strength and Saturate, creator of pro-metabolic food supplements and seriously saturated skincare. And today I have my beautiful friend, Amy, on the podcast, and I just love Amy. She also has an online business um, and she teaches women how to get strong. And she is an amazing athlete herself and she has competed in uh, Olympic lifting and she's getting back into that again. And she just can do all this like crazy cool gymnastics stuff, but you should totally follow her. She also has a great podcast that I think you should listen to as well. And today we talked about changing your body um, and I guess you know, you can still love your body and want to change your body. And something that we've both noticed is women are almost afraid to say that they want to look better. And I do a lot of calls with women each week. Um, And, you know, a lot of the reason for them actually joining our program is they want to improve their body composition, but they want to do it in a healthy and sustainable way. And, you know, Amy and I talk about that you can look good naked and feel good as well. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to change the way that you look. You just need to not do stupid shit to get there. So in this episode, we talk about, you know, what a functioning body is and what that actually means, stress and body recomposition, 
you know, respecting the journey, how to build your body from the ground up, laying the foundations so that you don't have to do as much. You know, a lot of the women that come to us, you know, are training excessively six days a week and think they need to just do more and more and more. Um, And the aesthetic body versus the functional body. And like I said before, how you can respect your body, but also want to change it. So I know I say this about all the episodes, but I really did love this one with Amy and we went off on lots of different tangents, but I think you'll get a lot out of it and I'm sure you'll love, by the end of it, if you don't already love Amy, you'll love Amy as much as I do. So as always, please take a screenshot and share your biggest takeaways on Instagram stories and tag me at K-I-T-T-Y-B-L-O-M-F-I-L-D and you can tag Amy too. I'll put her Instagram handle in the show notes and each month I pick a winner um, from someone who shared on Instagram, taking a screenshot and shared and you can win a tub of saturate premium collagen. Oh, hi, Amy. Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks so much, Kitty. (laughs) We've had Amy on a few times. So if you haven't listened um, to the podcast I've done, I think you've been on three times actually. You've done one with me and Craig. You've done one with um, the big group that we did, the six of us or seven of us. And then you and I just did one about listening to your body and the biofeedback markers, um, which was really cool. So if you haven't listened to those, I highly recommend it. Amy is extremely articulate and she just, I really like listening to you speak. You know how you say you want to do TED Talks? I really feel like you'll be good at that. Um, and you've just got a lot of knowledge to share and she's just a really awesome human and she does cool shit. Like she can swing off monkey bars and do all this like weird and wonderful, <laughs> amazing things that I think, oh man, look at that. That's so cool. Anyway, welcome back. Thanks, Kitty. It's a pleasure. Number four, hey? I know, number, number four. four. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was going to be about mobility and flexibility, <laughs> but <laughs> Kitty canned that just about <laughs> just before we started recording. Well, we sort of started, we're going to, we are going to do that one. So don't worry, guys, we'll do that. Cause um, I actually, and if you've listened to any of the, the podcasts about the, the pregnancy and the final update one with me and Craig, which you would have listened to probably by now, by the time this comes out, um, Amy, I actually worked with Amy for three months. Cause I was like, Oh, I've got to stop training. Like I, this is the training. That's why I'm not falling pregnant. And um, it was actually really cool. Like I, as much as I miss my own training, it was awesome to do that stuff because I was really jacked up, you know, and it did really feel good and felt really nice. So I, and I really enjoyed just spending the time with Amy anyway. Um, but uh, yeah, we were just talking about and something that I really noticed because now that we have, uh, we have a couple of programs like our seven day challenge and then we have our win at life program and we do calls if people want to join and we chat with people and, you know, see if they're suitable, see if they're a good fit for the program and if they actually want to do it. But something that I really noticed um, a lot of women saying to me, and we, we get a real range of women, probably like Amy too, some that are very new to this whole pro-metabolic eating world and um, they've never experienced it before. But some people who've been following all of us for a long time, or they might've done a few courses, they actually haven't invested in coaching. So they've just done courses and they've gained a lot of weight and I've, and it, this is just across the board, but I've noticed that women are saying to me, like, they're almost ashamed to say that they want to look better. And it's like, I feel like sometimes it's like you, it, women get a bit shamed for wanting to improve how they look. 
So we just thought we'd talk about this and unpack this a bit, um, you know, and I think, Amy, you started it off really well. Like you're like, oh, there's this, these two, to maybe start talking about the two sides of the fitness industry, like the extreme, you know, do everything at any cost to look a certain way. <laughs> and then there's the other extreme. Maybe we start there. What do you think? Yeah, we can start at the continuum. Mm. Yeah, so I think when it comes to all of this training, health, even nutrition, body composition stuff, it's like a continuum. So when I was doing my undergrad degree, my major research project was on the eating disorder continuum. So I actually did a lot of research into eating disorders and disordered eating and how there's a continuum from someone who has a really healthy relationship with food. We call them like a confident eater all the way to uh, someone that has a clinically diagnosed eating disorder. Now they're two very different ends of a continuum of a spectrum. And so we could look at the culture, the fitness culture in the same way. So down one end, we can have uh you know, where it's very heavily focused just on aesthetics. So we could take the bodybuilding world for an example. Yeah. And of course, I know a lot of, you know, healthy bodybuilders that do it um, in a way that supports their health and their performance and, you know, their body. But uh, let's look at it as like, you know, a macro view, I guess, of their world where their whole sport is based on aesthetics. And so down that end, we have this very heavy focus on restriction and dieting to the point where it can impact health and performance. Then we can swing all the way up to the other end, which is quite new. You know, it's only really come about and into fruition probably in the last six or seven years where we have this movement around body positivity and health at every size, and loving your body the way that it is. Now, you know, are either ends wrong? No, I'm not going to say that they're wrong. And if you are at either end, and you are happy, and you, you know, you're working on your health, uh, and you can perform, that's, that's, you know, there's no good or bad, there's no right or wrong. I think it's really important to look at it as a continuum and look at it as a lot of us get stuck at either end. And so that creates a lot of friction. And I think what happens is that even at either ends, I've seen, you know, the severe overtraining restriction, uh, chasing aesthetics, and then way up the other end of, you know, I'm just going to love my body health at every size there create there's this friction that gets created i think between how our body looks so our aesthetic body or we could call it the objectified body and then our performing body so how our body actually functions and that's what i've really seen is that this friction gets created and it can also be created if we're in the middle so i think the biggest gap that i've seen in the last 13 years is that what about the middle what about the space where we can perform, we're healthy, and we also look good naked or, you know, we feel great in our bodies and great in our clothes and we're really comfortable and, you know, confident in the way that we look and we get to change our body composition. 
And I, women ask me all the time, can we have both? And I think that's a hell yes. Like, hell yes, we can. We can have both. But the work is then in trying to work on this friction that gets created in us. So a lot of us have come from uh, diet culture, fitness culture, years of. Oh, I've just lost your sound. Hang on. I've just, Amy, Amy, Amy. I've lost your I've lost your sound. Hang on. Uh, I've lost your sound. Stop, 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 stop. Oh, no sound, no sound. Um, I've just lost a sound, which is really weird all of a sudden. I don't know what's happened. Um, hang on. Oh, there you go, you're back. Yeah, I'm back. Yeah, you just your sound just completely went off. Like there was no sound for like maybe 30 seconds. So I think. We'll go back to, I lost you at, um, you're like, can you have both? Can, can we be healthy and look good and look good naked too? So start okay. from there. Yeah, sorry. I'll start from, yeah. I'll yeah. Start from there. That's super weird. That That's we super weird. I don't, and then just when you sipped your coffee, it came back. Good work, coffee. Or oh, it's not coffee. It's tea. Sorry, tea. <laughs> good work, tea. Love a good cup of tea. Um, okay, so I'm just going to start. Yeah. I'm going to dive yeah. into... So what a lot of women ask me is, can we have both? And hell yeah, we can. Yes, we can. I often say all the time, it's okay to want to change your body. It's okay that you don't feel comfortable in your body. It's okay to want to look good naked. We can want to change our body and still respect it. Uh, But the key piece is, is just don't let the culture tell you how you should look. It's your body, so you decide. Mm-hmm. Um, and what happens is that we get this friction inside of us between our aesthetic body or the objectified body that often comes from the culture of the way that we should look. And so then a lot of women get into this health, training, nutrition stuff to change their body. Uh, And that's their number one focus is the aesthetic body or the objectified body. What happens over time when they're not led through that powerfully or the right way is that it's at a detriment to their health and their performing body. So we start to see uh, a lot of red flags show up. So the pursuit of the aesthetic body following things that are from the culture. So the dieting, the fitness culture, the overtraining, the pushing harder, the under eating, the restriction have fed into negatively impacting our performing body. So our functioning body. So how well the body is actually functioning. So Kitty always talks about the markers that you need to look at. So that's your functioning body. Your performing body is how well it performs when it trains. Can it recover? Can we progress? are we getting stronger? And so, yeah, there's this friction and we can dive into it a little more if you want, but I think, think of it as a, you know, as a continuum. And a lot of us may have slid up and down that continuum. Uh, And then we have a friction that gets created between, okay, I want to look a certain way and I'm, but then I also want to feel good. And and I do want my body to function. I think a lot of women that you work with, Kitty, are now realizing that what they've done before 
hasn't supported their functioning body and they actually can't perform. They don't have energy. They can't train consistently. Their sleep is shit. They don't have um, healthy, regular cycles. So then we get stuck in this place of, okay, how can I heal my body and get it to function well and perform, but I also don't feel comfortable in my body? And like you said at the start of the podcast, I think because when that second movement came in, we're feeling a little bit of shame to speak up to say, actually, I don't like the way that my body looks. Mm. Now, it doesn't mean I don't love myself. It doesn't mean I don't respect myself. It just means that I actually know that my body is capable of so much more and I, I want to achieve things mm. with my training and my, and my body composition to feel more comfortable, to feel more confident. Mm. And something like I've just had conversations with clients um, and this is what they've told me, you know, like these are women who are like 45, 50% body fat. So that's also not healthy, you know, and they have said to me, I just use that whole body positivity as an excuse to not get consistent with the things I needed to do to actually get healthy. And I think sometimes, and this might trigger some women, is and they've had look I've really had to like they said I've had to dig deep and 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 face some shit you know about myself and change my stories and then they've gone I've now I've started to track my food consistently and eat more and not not you know stop the binging stop restricting and then binging eat more on a consistent basis eat the nutrient dense foods training consistently walking slowly and they're like I just feel not only am I looking better so I feel better, but I actually feel better. Like I'm sleeping, my cycle's regulated, you know, I've got more energy. Um, and, you know, I think like, you know, I was telling you and if people would have maybe listened to this podcast already about the update with Craig and I about the whole baby thing. And I think like part of me, I was really judging myself for, and you and I have talked about this is like, I really like being an athlete. I like it. I like to look a certain way. I like to be muscular. I like to, you know, hold a certain level of body fat. It's not about like I need to be the exact this exact level of body fat, but just how I feel and, you know, like about my body. Um, I like to be that. I like to be strong. I really like to, you know, be able to beat my performances in, in the gym. And it's like I sort of was like feeling a bit ashamed of saying that that's what I wanted, you know, like, and I, and I was thinking, why do I feel like that? There's nothing wrong with that. You know, I eat lots of food. I'm really consistent. I think in order to like build a physique like yours or like mine or like Libby, you know, I'm just thinking about the women that they would have heard on the podcast. It takes discipline and years of consistent training. Um, but I think, you know, you and I talked about that we love the process. It's not just, okay, all right, we, we, we're happy with how we look. We don't just continue to do it to say, I want to look a certain way. It's like really enjoy the training. Like it's really exciting. Exciting to go and then lift more weight and build muscle and sculpt your body. And like, it's just this cool ongoing process. And, you know, you and I, I think we're the same. We sort of like smash ourselves in training sometimes because we just, I get into the moment, Craig's like, just, you know, keep a rep in the tank, kitty. Like, you know, <laughs> like just <laughs> but we eat lots of food and we prioritize our sleep and we don't have kids. And I'm not saying you can't do it. Like we've got clients that have got kids that are in great shape too and that are really consistent. But, you know, our life is set up to be consistent and achieve this. And I don't think there's any – because you do feel good in your skin when you're like, look how you want you want to look. Like some people would look at our bodies and be like, I don't want to look like that. You guys look pretty muscular. Like that's – and women have said that to me before. And I'm like, look, don't worry. It's pretty hard to look like this. Like, you know, but I feel like sometimes women – 
it's like they feel ashamed. And, you know, you and I always talk about there's nothing wrong with wanting to look better. Just stop doing dumb shit to get there. Be consistent with your nutrition. Prioritize sleep. Get sun. Daily movement. You know, train. Take some recovery days. Like it's just, it's, you can have both. Yeah. And it sounds simple, you know, not easy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, and look, it like it mm. is simple, but it's mm. not easy. And mm. I think that's really important. Um, one of the things that you just said, Kitty, was around, you know, this love, this love for the practice, love for training. And I think what what's happened is that, <clears throat> excuse me, um, and what I tell my women that I work with is that you can be in a body that you love. We can change your body composition, but it's a byproduct of getting a functioning body and performing. Because if you don't have a body that functions well and can perform, yeah, you might be able to change your body composition in the short term, but you're not going to be able to pace yourself for the rest of your life to hold that body composition, to maintain the weight. Uh, and that's what I'm sure you've seen, Kitty, mm. over you know the last 10 years is that you know, we can get there. Yeah. Like women can, they can under eat, over train, they can lose weight and they can hold it for a little while, but then they can't. And they realize that, Hey, actually my amazing body and my physiology is actually really complex shit. <laughs> and we've created some chaos there. And so this is, this is, I think, where the big gap is, is if we can, and it should really start as a young age, you know, we should be educating young girls on their performing body, their functioning body, looking at, okay, what is a healthy body from a physiological perspective, teaching them about markers. And then I think we can save them. We can save them years and decades of doing things to try and change their body composition that's at a detriment to their health. Whereas if we learn how to support our body and it's functioning really well, we can train and we can train consistently and we can train hard. We can progress. That's how you're going to get the body composition. It's a byproduct of of that. Yeah. So, and it's, it can be, you know, again, it sounds simple, but it's a really hard thing to wrap our head around because it goes against a lot of what the culture has told us that, Hey, actually, if I nourish my body, if I slow down, like, why am I pacing so fast? We've been mm. pacing just at a pace we can't maintain. And mm. so we've just created so much stress. So the whole practice and what you do, Kitty, is, you help them learn how to pace of like, okay, we need to slow the fuck down here and we need to restore the metabolism. You need to learn how to nourish your body. If you don't know how to nourish your body, you ain't going to be able to get there. You won't mm. be able to perform. You will not be able to get the body composition that you want. You need to learn how to nourish your body. You need to learn how to read your body and understand it and respond to it. And then you got to learn how to train. You got to learn mm. how to train properly and train well and strength train. And so it's the slowing down, I think, that slower pace that creates friction in us. But it's mm. essential to slow down. You know, that saying of like slow and steady wins the race, you know, and so I. True. 
Yeah, it's so true. You know, I'm like 12 years deep into a solid practice. And so like what you see is 12 years in the making. I didn't get this for like a year or two. I've had to work my fucking ass off for 12 years and I'm still not as strong as I want to be. You and I was like, no, we, yeah, we send these messages. You go, I just want to, you know, like now that when we get to this building stage, I fucking can't wait to deadlift again. You know, get back to my roots, you know, get back to heavy squatting and maybe compete in a power. Like you and I are so funny, like can never be strong enough, can never be muscly enough. It's just this yeah. it's exciting, fun, you know, and like the building, I think, um, you know, you, you've got to spend, I think like, like a healthy body is a responsive body. Like your body will build muscle and lose body fat more efficiently when you are healthy and you have a good, strong foundation. Like as an example, you know, and Craig and I will, re- whether or not this podcast is released or not, we've got podcast months in advance, but like talking about the process we've gone through with me. So like I haven't dieted for years. Like I've just spent, you know, like the last two years we fucked around, obviously trying to have a baby and some training, not training, but eating lots of food. And then before that, it's been a long time since I'd actually eaten in a calorie deficit. So my body, like I've had years of building muscle when we did that mini cut, just the fat dropped off me like that. It was, it was easy, you know, like, and I, and Craig's like, the reason too, is you're active and you train, you can train. Like, you know, so like you got to spend that time, like you said, building, building the base, building the muscle, whereas always women are like, I just want to diet. I want to be skinny. I'm like, spend the time building, 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 building the metabolism, building the muscle. So then when it's time to Henry, buddy, when it's time to, um, you know, lose the body fat and reveal the sculpture, you know, you can do it. It's, it's, it's relatively actually easy. Yeah, because your body's not stressed. It's it mm. doesn't want to hold on to it. It's willing to let it go because it feels safe. And see, mm. you had to earn the right to do that. You had to own that. And mm. you know, I often say to my women, you need to own the movement before we make it harder, before we lift heavier, own it. Show me that you can technically execute it, that you have control, that you're stable. It's the same with all of this stuff, this health stuff, the body composition stuff. Show me that you can own nourishing your body. Mm. Show me that you can own sleeping enough. Show me that you can own consistently showing up to training like we've got to own it we've got to earn it and so when you get to kitty's place and watch her journey she just went through and then she just did her meeting cut or she wants to change her body composition she spent years building that foundation she has a strong foundation then that strong foundation supports the vision that she wants to go on and the thing is that so many women don't have strong enough foundations and it's a really hard thing because for years and decades, they've been trying to get there. So by the time they come to you or I, Libby, Leela, they're fucking tired. Yeah, <laughs> their I bodies are, are just exhausted yeah, like and you're exhausted. Depleted. Yeah. You're burnt no out. Muscle. You probably yeah, you probably have a couple of kids, a family, a job. Like I totally get why you want to get there quick. I get it. And I and the thing that I say to my women is I actually celebrate you for the perseverance and the consistency of trying to get there. I just don't think women are celebrated enough. The fact that they've actually been trying, they've been trying for so long, but unfortunately they just weren't led powerfully enough. They weren't led um, to do it in a way that supports their body. So 
yeah, for all of the women listening, like I celebrate you and, you know, we see you for the fact that you've been trying for years and for decades. And if you could just lean in and just trust, you know, trust us in saying that if you spent a year or two years, like what is that to build a foundation to own and earn your health and the function of your body and then go for it. I say like, just like set really cool goals around your training. And, you know, if you want to achieve skills or go into competitions or, you know, change your body composition, you've spent the time. Um, Mm. Yeah. And I've seen some pretty, like, I think about the women in our program, like the best physical transformations that have come from like very little lifting like a bit of lifting, but not much. And they were, had like, like one lady lost 10 kilos, one lady lost 28 kilos and they put on muscle 18 months. They were 100% there. They were in, they did everything. They tracked their food. They showed up to training consistently. They loaded videos. 18 months though isn't, and you should see their photos. Like it's impressive. That's not a long time compared to think about how long you're going to spend if you keep restarting and wasting time rushing and rushing and going back to the quick fix you'll you'll be doing it for 30 years whereas and you'll see your body change um and you'll see it transform before your eyes if you just stop like i think i like what you said about i don't know if these are exact words but i think getting better at the skills like focus on um i remember when i worked with one of my powerlifting coaches and he's like he just didn't really like my squat and he's like, you guys, we're stripping it all back and we did do fucking high bar squats and all these annoying like um, hip stuff you wouldn't understand. But basically just to fix my hip stability, I had to really work on my breathing and bracing and upper back tightness. And um, it took probably about three to six months of really doing all that shit. And at the start, I was like, oh, you know, ego takes a hit, dialing all the way back. I'm like, this is fucking annoying. And then I was like, no, kitty, no. All right. You ultimately want to improve your squat and squat more. So you have to do this now and strip it back and rebuild it. And then I just changed my attitude. I was like, that's it. I'm going to be the best at the fucking wall sits. I'm going to be the best wall sit ever. <laughs> I'm going to do the best. And like, I just made my standard of success like every week trying to build up the seconds that I could do it. And within six months, I was like, fucking squat was looking awesome. And then push past the plateau, you know, but shifting your attitude of going, I have to get to this weight to go. I want to be good at the skill. And make your standard of success being good at school. I want to be good at food prepping. I'm gonna make I'm gonna make sure every week I prep my food and plan my meals. I'm gonna to go to bed on time. Like that's my standard of success is like focusing on the, I think like the the lead measure is that's the lead measure, you know. They're the things that are gonna result in the lag measure, which is the weight and the body composition. But we're so focused on I fucking need to look like this now. And it's just like you just keep running around in circles. <laughs> Yeah. It's also disrespectful. It's disrespectful to your body. You know, Mm. it's like to, to only focus on just changing the aesthetic of it Mm. and to not look after it, super disrespectful. And then also I feel like it's also disrespectful for the people that have been in the practice for 10 years or 12 years or 15 years that have had to work their butt off to get where Mm. they, you know, where they are. And for you to just want to like essentially jump the line to get there, you know, I, and I think that's really important is to have respect, have respect for the journey, have respect for building the foundation, have respect for your body. Where is it at? Are you going to, you know, choose to meet it? And I think one of the things that I really want to bring up is this whole like the timeline and the pacing of it. So like you, Kitty, a lot of my women, it's around about the 
12, 12 month mark where you really, they really start to gain momentum and they really start to get results. Uh, and for me, you know, I'm known as the long way home. Yeah. Like I will drag it out as long <laughs> as I can create so much friction with my women, but my women, they move so well. And that to me is really important in my work. And so, you know, if I have a hierarchy of training needs, one of them is technique is quality. And Craig would agree with me. If 100%. you can't move well, and you don't spend the time learning the movement pattern, developing the range, the stability, the technique, the control, you it's going to be really hard for you to get really strong and lift a you lot can't. of weight. You just you can't. can't. You you can't. Just and you're can't. not going to get that stimulation. Like he always talks about moving. He's like, your reps are so effective because your technique is so spot on and you hit depth and you work through the full range of motion. So you just get, and I look at the women like these one I was talking about that have the really good transformations. They're technically excellent lifters. Like you watch them yes. squat and you can see them like breathing, bracing. They're, they're, they're all tight. They go through the full range of motion. Like, and they just, they, their legs look good. Yeah. Instead of yeah. the women, like, I remember this one client said to me one day, um, I think she one day Libby posted a video of her squatting like 80 kilos for 20 reps or some shit. And um, she's like, I saw that video of Libby and then I see you, Kitty. I must have posted something in the Facebook page about squatting. And she's like, I'm just so disheartened that I can only do this. And I just felt saying to her, like, we've been training for fucking years. Like, how dare you think that you could possibly do that and you've been training for four months? Like, stop crying about that you can't get there, that you can't do it and focus on being a better lifter. And like, I watched her videos and she sends me and she's not breathing properly. She's, she's rushing through everything. I'm like, stop rushing. Like you just, and again, I, you said it's, it's disrespectful. It's like us looking at someone in, in their, in their Henry, in their business, who's been in business. Like we've been in business, what, 10 years, let's say 10 years, who's been in business 20 years. And we're going, oh, I'm so jealous that I can't do that. Well, how the fuck would we be able to be where they are? You know, like, I mean, maybe we could, but that's just an example. Like, you know, um, yeah. and I think, you've... okay, so let's riff on this a bit. Yeah. So let's yeah. riff on the timeline piece. Cause it's, yeah. I really love talking about this. Okay. <laughs> so I've built a solid practice over the last 12 years, but I don't have any children. I have been a coach and a trainer for 13 years. <laughs> I, so let's go to context. So same mm. as Kitty, she's been in this space for what is it like? Well, since I met Craig, now? so eight or nine years. Yeah. When I really yeah. started to learn how to lift properly. No kids yeah. as well as you. Res- just respectively, you know, we're saying this to ourselves. Respectively, yeah. we don't have children. Yeah. Uh, and we're okay with that. Yeah. That's a mm. choice that we made. Uh, and so what happens with this whole pace thing and this timeline thing is that all these women, you have an expectation and to look a certain way or achieve a certain body composition, but then you have a reality. And so mm. where Kitty and I come in to your world is helping you bridge the gap between your expectation and your reality. So I am where I am is because all I've done for the last 12 years is essentially train is focus on training. And yes, I build a business and, you know, I've, you know, been through injuries and I've had life and, you know, there's things that have happened, but as when I was flat on my back on the floor and I couldn't get up, I promised myself that I would never be weak and broken again. 
And my number one priority, my number one value is health. And so everything that I do in my life, I'm so clear on my mission and my vision and how I want to feel. So everything that I do in my life supports that. Now, where we get stuck and where a lot of women get stuck is that they have a family. They've had kids. You know, I've had women, I have women that I work with have had four kids, five kids. And so then, and I'm hope, I hope this makes sense once, once we work through it. So we have this expectation to pace ourselves at a certain tempo to get where we want to get. And I did it, you know, maybe like I rehabbed my back in 12 months. I went from not being able to pick up a 20 kilo barbell to clean and jerking over 80 kilos. Yeah. And that was within maybe 18 months, two years tops, right? Okay, so that seems like a really short amount of time. And it was, but that was my primary focus. So nothing disrupted that. I trained three or four hours a day, six days a week to get there. I had an amazing coach. And so you're coming from this place, this background of maybe not even having a strong training background. Like I was an athlete all my life. I come from a gymnastics background. I danced. I've been in a gym since I was 14 years old. So again, context, you need to understand that. So then you, maybe you haven't had a strong athletic, uh, athletic background. Then you've had four or five kids. That's a lot. Amazing. You know, you have five little humans. That's it's beautiful. And, you know, I celebrate the choice and I celebrate the family and you should too. It's that that's a lot on the body, mm. like birthing children into the world. Oh my God. I can't and, even you know, imagine Amy. Well, <laughs> like the, yeah, the fertility experts and, you know, um, Lauren from innate nutrition, like she'll, they are way more versed in, in this topic around like, you know, what it takes to, to make sure that you have enough energy and reserves to, to birth a baby and feed a baby and, Uh, but that's a lot. And then you do that three, four times over, like that's a lot of trauma for the body. Mm. And, and I think we, a lot of women just don't realize that they don't honor Mm. that again. They're not respecting, they're not respecting that they've birthed little humans into the world. That's not an easy thing to do. That's a lot of years of stress and trauma on the body. And then if you didn't have someone to lead you powerfully in restoring your minerals, getting your energy back, making sure your metabolism is good, making sure your post, um, postpartum uh, training rehab was there, you know, working with, if you didn't have a team of people, well, of course, it's going to be a little slower. Of course, your pace is going to be way slower than if you compare yourself to Kitty and I. And I think that's what creates the friction. It's just the, the comparison to somebody else's story that has a completely different story to yourself. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, Kitty's worked with thousands of people. I've worked with hundreds of women now. And it's if it's about 12 months, 12 to 18 months of if you're led powerfully you know how to nourish your body, you're looking after, you know, your markers are good, you're training consistently like three times a week, you're getting your walking in. It is, it's about 12 to 18 months. And that's really if you're consistent. Hey, Amy, like yeah. a lot of women will go, I've been doing this for three years, but I'm like, if they really are honest with themselves, they haven't been consistent. Like, and I'm also, we're not saying that if you've got kids and you can't achieve great things too, because no, Anna, I'm not saying Anna, that. Anna Hands are one of our best transformations. She had single mum, four kids going through a divorce and she, but I feel like with Anna, 
Like she completely changed. She was drinking heaps on antidepressants. She changed it. it, It's like, she just put her focus into this and this is what gave her strength and purpose again. And it was her way to get through and she achieved incredible results. Like you couldn't, I don't think someone could have got better results than her, but Amy's right. It's like, you know, um, you can't, if you've got kids and they're waking you up at night and you've got a lot of stress in your life, that's going to slow you down. Like you've got to be realistic and be okay with it. Because the other thing is slow progress is better than fucking no progress. Like, Imagine <laughs> if you chipped away every week and even if you did two sessions some week, but you still tracked your food and most of the time and you still went walking, like that's going to make, you're going to be so much further ahead in 12 months time that if you go, oh, I can't get there quick enough or I can't be perfect, I'm not going to do anything, you know? Yeah. Or I'm going to, okay, I'm going to, sh- I'm going to yeah. chuck something in that can create yeah. friction that I often say to my women all right, you want to close the gap. We can pace ourselves and work on like work on the, maybe readjust the expectation, the timeline. We're slowly working on the reality. And when I say reality, I'm just meaning life. Like how are you actually living? Like being healthy. Okay. So you want to get, you know, this is your, your goal. Okay. Change your reality. And that creates so much friction. Can you give some kids back? Can you get no, rid of some kids? Not Can you? Your children no, no. Back. I know, but I mean, like that's the like like I say to someone when they say to me, I'm like, look, are you gonna be? Are you gonna quit your job anytime soon? No, kitty. This is the job that I have. Okay, cool. That's gonna stay the same. Can you give some of your kids away? No. Okay. <laughs> and they're like, just like yeah, lighthearted. I like to go to the extremes, but then I yeah. say, okay, cool. So your reality isn't changing. So therefore, we have to come up with ways how, that you can fit this in and progress at your own rate and be okay with it. Like, like that's what I think. Because I think at the end of the day, it's like, like even like with Craig and I, like Craig, he's had his own body transformation. And prior to him really knuckling down, like we had really stressful times in our business. He had hip operation. He was sick with the parasite. So like, he just wasn't going to get there. You know, but then finally when he had his hip operation and things sort of, you know, we hired Vic and, you know, like things sort of aligned where he could then put some more energy and focus into his own and he was able to be consistent for 18 months and he looks amazing now, you know. But he does. The ducks needed to align. He does look hot. But, you know, like that's an example. Like it's like, well, where are we going to give away our business? No. Like we had to just keep going through and realise that sometimes – shit's going to happen in your life that's going to put a little roadblock in your progress, but it's just a detour. Like don't give up because if you keep giving up and keep going back to the old ways, like if, but if you keep making, I always say to women, just take consistent, imperfect action. Like yeah. it is all those 1% that add up over time and you'll watch in 12 months. I'm like, wow, look, I didn't give up and revert back to my ways. Look how much further I am ahead than I would have been, I think. You know, like, because your life is your life. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, well, yeah, like I, like, I do agree, but I also push my women a little bit harder to really mm. look at their reality and how are they actually living, you know? Yeah, so if they can change stuff, like change can the they, things yeah. that they can change. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, look at your container, yeah? yeah. Like, like, what are the edges? What are the mm. boundaries? Do you have no boundaries? Are you a mm. yes person? You know, as women, as like we're caregivers and mothers and, you know, I'm not saying, so, obviously our children, they, they need us yeah, to survive, but like, do you ask for help? 
you mm. know, do, like that's some of the biggest things that we work on with my women is actually, actually, I have a story. So Kelsey, one of my women, she's been with me for 12 months. She mm. has a son um, and then she just had twin boys that were birthed through surrogate. And so now she has two twin babies, but she's still training when she can. Yeah. Like she's got a great support system that she put around herself. Now I'm not, not everyone has that. And we were on our call the other day and she was saying like, I'm really grateful for the support that I have, but you know, do you have the opportunity for more support? You know, we, Mm. we need to ask people to help us create our container and our boundaries. Mm. And so when you gave the example of Craig, you know, there's things that you did in your business that maybe were a, a big financial investment for you. So bringing on Vic, but it was an, like a necessity to make sure that you could keep moving towards your vision and your mission. And so this is the problem I see is that one, we're not clear on the vision or the mission that we have as women. We're not really super clear. Henry. We actually sorry. don't. That's okay. He, he barks at every person that like there's a window outside about Henry. Sorry. He's just starring in the podcast episode. Yeah. Um, keep going, keep going. So, yeah, a lot of the times we're, we might not be clear on the vision or the mission. Uh, and so getting clear on that can really help. And then uh, I don't even know where I was going. No, Thanks, no, I think, I think what you, I, I really like what you're saying and you are right. It's going because sometimes I think we think we can't change things that we can, and it's about our priorities. So I guess you're right. It's like going, what can I actually change? Am I saying yes to too many things when I should? Because I think some women I speak to and they're like, and they even say this to me, oh, I became a bit of a martyr kitty. I did everything for everyone else. And you're right. I can prioritize myself. I can put some time away aside the training. I can do food prep, you know, so it's asking yourself, what, what, what can I change and what do I have control over? Which is, you know, I can say no to things and put some time aside, but then, you know, as an example, if you've got a newborn baby that wakes you up to breastfeed, you can't change that. So you've got to be more realistic about what you can actually achieve in the next six to 12 months, because you've got to prioritize feeding them, nourishing your body, and you're going to be tired. So you're not going to be able to really train at high intensity, you know, like that's what I mean. It's like, sometimes you've got to accept your reality and go, what can I do? So I could nourish my body. Maybe when I do get a good sleep of like, if you say like, can mum come over and look after the baby so I can go and train, like uh, not being afraid to ask for help. Because I think if there's a will, there's a way to some degree, like you say, because I think some sometimes, and I've done this before, is you get a bit of them like the woe is me and I can't change anything. Like, whereas if you go like, what can I actually do? How can I make things easier for myself? Can I ask for help? You know, um, yeah, it's yeah, a think- hard one. It's also another one that creates a lot of friction with us, this mm. expectation reality gap. You know, we have mm. all these expectations of ourselves and that's not just with our health and our training. It's with our life, our business, our, you know, our relationships. And then we have our reality where sometimes there's a gap and mm. we sometimes, like you just said, Kitty, we have to settle in to know that that gap's going to be there for a while. Mm. If our reality is a certain way and we really need to to pace ourselves over time to put all the things in place to change that reality. We mm. can't, a lot of us can't just switch our reality. You know, mm. we've, 
um, you know, we've created a whole life built on that. And so to pull that out, everything comes crumbling down, which again is super stressful. We don't want to create more stress. And so this is where the friction comes up is like, okay, well, I have to readjust my expectation. So how does it look like for me to have an expectation? Like I was on a call with one of my women the other day. She has a five-year plan. You know, she's going to turn 45 in five years. And she's pacing herself for the next five years. She's a mom of four. She homeschools her kids. She's starting her own business. And so I could get her there. We could get her. You could get her there real fast, but that's not good. We can't because her reality is, is that she's a mom of four. She homeschools four kids and she's got her own business. She's also had to heal her body and she's just not, she needs to relearn how to train again and slowly build up her foundation. But she's got a five-year plan. How cool is that? How cool would that be if we had like a five-year plan? And she's so good. She's She's cool with that. Yeah, for sure. Sometimes she feels friction. Sometimes mm. she feels uncomfortable in her body. You know, she would love to. Um, feel better in her clothes and feel more confident and change her body composition a little bit. But she knows that for the next four or so years, her reality is just not going to allow her to do what she needs to do to get there quicker. And so it's a, it's a whole pacing timing thing. And I think she's okay with that. And what she does now is she just trains three times a week. She nourishes her body and she's slowly just chipping away at her journey. Uh, you know, that's good. And I think, oh, you know, who I think is a real great example of this. And like also too, sometimes it's accepting going, I'm choosing to do this because I value this, which means that I have to sacrifice this for some period of time. Leela is perfect yes. example of this. She's the best. Like she runs her own business, one man show. Now she's finally hired someone, which is awesome um, to help her. Um, or she's got a bit of help. I think she's got two and an admin lady, but she's got a daughter um shanti and she also has got these training and fat loss goals so she's got three competing things and often hey we'll have conversations with her and she's like she's got to try and juggle like her i think this is i mean i could be wrong but she really values wants to be a good mother to her daughter and she wants to spend time with her she doesn't want to put her in fucking after school care so that she can go to the gym and often she i feel she struggles with like you know sometimes she'll skip training or she'll miss her walking because she also values building a business. So it's this constant juggling act and she could get there quicker with her fat loss goals and her body reconstruction goals, but she's not willing to sacrifice everything else to achieve that. And it's a perfect example of this balancing act and going, I value being a good mom. I also value growing a business. I also value my health, but she's really consistent with her food and has that good foundation. But it's just, I think what limits her is she could train more and she could probably do more steps, but she has to do other things. So it's like, but she accepts that. She's like, I'm accepting that this journey is going to take me longer because I'm also doing these other things that I value, which is a perfect example. And I really admire her. I always tell her all the time, I'm like, I think you're so awesome. I'm like, you're fucking crushing in your business. You know, you're trying to, like her transformation will be so awesome when she finally gets, like her journey's been a really cool one. And she's Mm. a great mum. And she values being a mum. And, you know, she sometimes tells me stories about like women that she knows that just put their kids in daycare all day. And they're at the gym and they're off doing things. And look, I'm not, that's not judgment of those women, but she's like, I don't want to be that person. I want to spend time with my daughter. Yeah. She's clear. She's clear on her mission, on her vision. She's really clear on her values. She's a great example of pacing. Yeah, You know, she's been in a healing journey uh, for quite a long time now. Now she's in a body recomposition journey Yeah, she she'll be in it for a long time, but she's okay. And she's pacing herself because do you know what? 
she's only ever going to have to do it one time. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And But she does feel and friction sometimes, like you said. She does because yeah. she makes comments to us and we're like, that's understandable that you would feel like this. Yes, that yeah, would be even frustrating. Even I feel friction and I don't have kids. Sometimes like I have to get up and walk my dog for an hour and then I have my own business yeah. and then, yeah. you know, and I, and this is why I have so much empathy and space for women who have mm. children and multiple mm. children and more, mm. all, pretty much all of the women that I work with have their moms, they have children. Mm. And if I struggle sometimes with like putting, like putting my day together and my schedule together, you know, I have just so much space and heart and respect for the women out there that are really just trying to make it work with their life and their kids and their schedule. And also they're running on low energy because, Uh. you know, until they learn to nourish themselves, and that's the big piece. It's like if I struggle some days and I know how to nourish myself and look after myself to fit everything in, you know, I, yeah, I just have, you know, so much, um, yeah, space and heart and respect. Well, I think for respect. Women. I'm like, how the fuck do you do it? I think yeah. that sometimes I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, we looked after Vic's kids for like 24 hours and they were really well behaved. They're like three and four and a half, but holy fuck, it's relentless. They're relentless. Like they constantly talk to you. They're like, we're so cute, Eddie. Craig. Craig, Craig, you know, they did everything that we said. Like they didn't once say no. And I said to Vic, I don't believe anything that you tell me about Ruby, you know. Because <laughs> of course, yeah. I, but it's just constant. It is constant, you know. And I yeah. think, oh my God, how are these women doing it all? Like, yeah. no, you got to nourish yourself. And this totally, is like, you got to eat the food. That's the yeah. key. You have to, like, that's, that is like the, the bottom of the foundation. That's how we like build the house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if we don't do that, everything just comes crumbling down. You know, mm. I, I honestly believe that nourishing yourself is the most important thing that you can do in your life. Um, because if you don't nourish yourself, you can't nourish your baby that you're trying to feed, or you can't show up powerfully as a mother, as a wife, as a partner, as, you know, in your work, in your business, it, you know, the, the nourishment is key. Mm. Uh, And that, you know, if you're in this space of feeling this friction between like your reality and your expectation and you're feeling friction around your body composition. And what I tell my women is like, focus on your nourishment, like always come back to your nourishment. Like, are you nourishing your body? Is the Mm. body nourished? Do you have energy? Are you Mm. sleeping? Are you walking? Like that's like our you know, the returning home, coming back to home base, the recalibration, the pausing uh, before, you know, we go out again and is those things. you got to nourish yourself. It's like, it's so important. Uh, And then I think doing the work around what we spoke about today, Kitty, of just really understanding that there's this continuum. Yeah. And there's this friction that gets created between your aesthetic body, so you know, how you want it to look and then you're performing mm. and your functioning body and really like pause on that, you know, and really think about it. Uh, you know, where are you at with that? Does it create friction for you when I say that? Yeah. Uh, mm. Often it can create friction for us. Uh, and then really looking at yeah, pacing your, your timeline, uh, and doing it in a way that, you know, builds a strong foundation and you only have to do it once. I say this to my women all of the time. Like mm. I did the work, I did the hard work. I, I rehabbed my spine. I, I learned how to move properly from the ground up. Basically I talk about building your body from the ground up 
takes can take years for mm. sure, but I only have to do it one time. I never have much to go easier back to and maintain, do it again. Don't you reckon, Amy? Yeah. Like you have to like I've heard Craig talk about it before, like the amount of volume you have to do to build the muscle once you get there. If you're like, I just want to sustain where I am, you can do much less. Yeah. Yeah. But obviously we want to keep going and building more. Like we're always like, oh, it's never yeah. enough. Yeah. Yeah. What, yeah, like women are like, oh, because not- they say to me, oh, Kitty, but you're always trying to get stronger. Do I have to? I'm like, no, you, if you get to being able to, there's an example, like you build the physique and you can deadlift 1.5 times your body weight for 10. You just have to maintain that to maintain. And you can do actually do less to maintain it. And obviously you still have to be consistent with your nutrition, of course, but like it's, you don't, but we enjoy this challenge of that continual, very gradual progression. Obviously it's slow for us now because we're advanced. But it's exciting to me. I'm like, I can't ever just be at maintenance training. It's got to be some tiny little form of, you know, whether it's learning a new exercise or trying to add a little bit more weight or a little bit more reps or, and it just, it's, 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 it's very gradual, but yeah, it's like you say, once you've built it, put the work in to like, I interviewed this lady, Amy, uh, on my podcast, because I wanted to interview someone who'd been out of the program for like two to three years, who sustained their results. And she's not as into the training as you and I, but when she was in the program, she tra- consistently trained three to four days a week. She tracked her all religiously tracked her food, did her check-ins, did everything. And now she said she's been out of the program for maybe two to three years. She's in her fifties now. And she's like, oh, Kitty, I just feel amazing. She's like, I just got so much energy. I look good in a bikini, like better than I did in my twenties. And she's like, I actually only train two days a week full body now. They're hard sessions, but she said, that's all I need to do to maintain what I built. And she's saying, look, oh, you don't have to do that, but she just finds with her work and her kids and stuff. She looks great. Mm. You know, like she's built it, did the work. And then for a few years, and then she's like, I just only have to do, I mean, I would want to train more than two days a week, but I'm just using that as an example. Like, yeah, but that yeah. might be her vision or her mission. And that will, mm. that supports her functioning body, her aesthetic mm. body. And she's really happy with that. And, mm. you know, and this is where at the start, there's no right or wrong or good or bad. It's just like, what's your vision? What's your mission? You know, Mm. for me, I love to train. Like Kitty and I talk about it all the time in our texts and our voice messages. If we could just be athletes, you know, there's days that I just want to train. I want to go back to training three or four hours a day, you know, five days a week, six days a week. But, and I love it. And now I don't mean like absolutely like annihilating myself when I train, but like, cause I love mobility and flexibility. You know, I do a lot of body weight work and, but I, I absolutely love it, you know, and, and I feel this is what's missing. And now I'm, and I do actually believe that you have to fall in love with it a bit, you know, because mm. otherwise what's, what's the point? And I think that if you do it properly and you build a foundation mm. and you're nourished, you have energy, you actually learn how to train properly. The movement mm. feels good. You feel progression. You do mm. fall in love with it. So all of my women, they fall in love with training and some of they them do. didn't love training before, but they love it. And you know yeah. why they love it? Because it feels so good. No one can yeah. deny that picking up a heavy barbell does oh. not feel good. It's, it's, so, is, empower- it's empowering. Yeah. It's, it's so empowering. one of the the best things I think. And I hope that, you know, one of my missions is like, I just hope that every woman gets to experience what it's like to lift a heavy barbell, you know, to lift a weight that she just couldn't lift before for training to feel good when it didn't before. That is like, you know, that excites me. And when you get to that place, training excites you, you know, and Kitty and I talk about it. You can probably hear our desire and our passion for it. 
Not always. Yeah. There's days that training kicks my ass. Like it, it like it's, and I don't want to go and I know how hard it's going to be, but you know, I've been doing it for so long now. It's just a part of who I am. And yeah, most yeah, of the time I, though, it's exciting and fun. There are oh, days. Yeah. And like, I've got it. days in my training program, like, cause I'm letting Craig crazy on my program and he's like hey we want to build this you know put muscle on over he's like we need to work on this area and like there's all these fucking stupid exercises in there that i just don't like not all but like all these like the funny upper body days where i'm doing i don't even know what they're fucking called but like i just love deadlifting i love squatting i love leg pressing the big movements but he's like you just fuck yourself if you just do five days of you can't do that <laughs> but, no you, you would know, need to do some mobility and flexibility yeah. <laughs> Still, I have the days, there's days of training that I love that are my favorite days. Other days I just do to get the result, but I still like it, obviously, but not as much. But an interesting, just made me think about this is Damon Hay, how we interviewed him on the podcast and we just love him. He's just the most jacked, like he's all about strength and, you know, like he's, Craig learned a lot from him over the years. Um, and he talked about too, like, okay, you don't have to do strength. I mean, obviously I think it would benefit all women as they age to do some form of strength training, but he's like, oh, all women, I believe have to uh, yeah, strength I agree. <laughs> but he's like, but he said, but he said like, find something that you enjoy and become good at it. So he's like, you want to learn dancing, go and be good at the skill of dancing and fall in love with the discipline and the like, or karate or like, and he was saying the same thing, like be good at something instead of just trying to flog yourself to be skinny <laughs> yeah I was like oh yeah. that's great like I've got friends who just are horse riders they love horse riding mad you know and they I don't even know if they do weight training but they just they manage they maintain their weight they eat they just eat food they do their horse riding they're happy you know I'm like yeah, we think that everyone should be doing some strength training but you know like yeah find something you love well, from the hormonal perspective mm. and the importance mm. of when we age and you know there yeah. is so much um science and evidence and research around the importance of actually strength mm. training so i'm mm. sorry but you, yeah, do you have, have to do to it get, you have yeah. to do it you know if you want to be functional if you want to be in a body that carries you through your life on your own terms mm. you got to strength train uh mm. you but the key is find someone who programs in a way that you know that you love that it doesn't get boring you know mm. find a really good coach uh and when you actually get into it and create momentum and you become a good lifter you know i can almost promise that you will fall in love with it um, i've never met a woman amy that's gotten strong and said oh fucking hate this it's <laughs> terrible kitty i hate it and you know what like you said i like what you said about because there's lots of different ways of like olympic lifting there's like what you do like you and i train very qu quite differently but we both have muscular physiques and we both love our training there's olympic lifting power lifting just strength training like there's lots of different what crossfit you know like find something that you really enjoy and nourish your body and be good at it and you'll just it'll be amazing as a byproduct, your body mm. will look the way that it looks, mm. you know, and this is what we said. We can circle back around to finish off, you know, mm. Kitty and I, and I, I guess all my coaches and all the people that are super strong, you know, mm. that I know that are, that were in my circle that can do amazing things with their body. They love the practice. They've been doing it for a long time. They nourish their body. And as a byproduct, their body looks the way that it looks. Now, I'm not mm. saying that we can't actually actively go in and change the body composition if we want to. Like, so what Kitty's doing, for sure. Yeah, we can. But what I'm saying is, learn like nourish Love well it. train yeah. hard 
and you'll get strong and as a byproduct, the body, your body will change. You know, there's only so much a body can change. And I think this is our distortion as well is like mm. our body can't change that much, <laughs> in, especially in a way if we're trying to do it that supports the functioning, the performing body. Mm. Like I, there's only so much change I can, I can create with my body supporting the things that we've spoken about today. Yes, I could mm. drastically probably change it, but is it functioning? Is it mm. healthy? Well, maybe not. Yeah. And so I think that's what we also need to understand is that, you know, the margin on each, either side is not actually huge to change mm. the body composition because if we start to go outside of that, well, then we start to, it, it's at a detriment often to our, our health. And so we could look at like the bodybuilding world. Yeah, okay, so they can drastically change their physique, but a lot of them aren't super mobile or flexible. So, do you know, do they get injured all the time? Um, you know, and a lot of them do a lot of re- really restrict dieting. So a lot of them don't, a lot of women don't have cycles. And so, yes, there's drastic change to their body composition, uh, but it brings in this performing and the functioning body again. And so, you know, thinking about being in the middle of that continuum that we talked about at the start of like, yes, you can have both, but especially when it comes to the aesthetic body, there's only so so much that we can do with it um, Mm. until it affects our performance um, and the functioning of it. And I think, yeah, like, because obviously we're going through this, by the time people listen to this, I'm not sure where I'll be in the process, but basically Craig said to me, like, he's like, look, the goal is we want to just get rid of the body fat that you put on over the last two years and get you to a certain leanness because when then we do a building phase, your body will be more primed to build muscle. And I don't know we said exactly the technical words behind it, but you know, like, so I'm like, okay, sweet. All right. So we'll do the mini cut. So we did four weeks of the mini cut. And like, I think I ate 2,100 calories for two weeks, 2000 for two weeks. And then we stopped because I was like, that was long enough. Cause at that, for me, like most people would be like, oh, 2,100 calories is heaps. But for me, it's a quite a large deficit because I've been eating so much food for so long. Um, and on the last um, night, like at the end of the four weeks, I woke up at like two and I was starving. And I said to Craig, that's enough now we've done. And that you only want to do it for short periods of time. And then he's like, all right, we'll put you up to 24. I dropped another 500 grams. And so he's like, all right, we'll put you up to like, now I'm probably sitting between, I think like daily about, well, the calories he set me is 2,611. <laughs> but then on the weekend, like, so I'll track that and eat that. But then on the weekend, we like, we, you know, went out for Mexican and just ate the Mexican and, you know, cause I'm sitting at maintenance. So it doesn't matter. I'm not like, I need to try and lose body fat. And now my weight sort of stabilized at those calories. Um, and I, all I can think about is I just fucking can't wait to get to the building stage where I can just be the performance. Cause it really, when I did the dieting, it obviously like to me, I value performance, I think above anything else. Like, obviously I, I like to look a certain way, but I would rather hold a bit more body fat and be able to hit my numbers. Cause I really enjoy that. Cause that's the fun part to me. So he's like, oh, he's sick of me hearing about, so I can't wait to get to the building stage. I just can't wait to like, and I'm thinking, oh, I wonder how much food I'll be able to eat once we get to the building phase. Like, and every time he, like I got, had that little bit extra food for the first few days, like, oh, fuck yeah, my performance just, just went up. But then it was back to, it was being in the deficit again. And, you know, like, so it'll be really cool to get to that place where, cause I said to him, okay, God put squats and deadlifts back in my program. And I want you to do this. And he's like, he's like, oh, he's so annoying. But anyway, like, I just, I can't wait to get to that 
stage and maybe I'll be there by the time people listen to this podcast um, because that's the exciting bit. It's so exciting. Like it's so fun going. And when you're eating more food and you push hard in your training, just recovery is so much better and you can lift more and like it's just, isn't it the most best feeling in the world? It's the most best feeling in the world. Yeah. <laughs> like when I was doing the deficit, I was like, oh man, I was like, this is so fucked. My training is so shit. I'm like, I just could barely maintain. Craig's like, keep two to three reps in the tank. I know what you like. You just, you go hard and it's like, you just don't have the food to recover. So you have to be more strategic. And he's like, exercise selection. He, you know, he put like, made me do three second on the leg press so that I can't push as hard. Like, and he's given me like one dumbbell, like Bulgarian split squat. So I can't lift as much weight. So I'm a bit, a bit handicapped, which was good. Cause one day I felt really good and I gave it a good nudge. And then the next day I was like, Oh, I'm so fucked. Cause I didn't eat. But it was a good lesson. But anyway, like, you know, I just think it's, it's such a, like doing that bit of deficit. Cause I haven't done it for so long. I was like, Oh man, my training sucks. Like I would hate to live like this to always be like this. Like this is what some women constantly live through, what I used to live through. I'm constantly, because obviously in a deficit, you're under eating. You're trying to lose body fat, maintain as much lean muscle as possible, maintain, you know, obviously my energy got lower towards the end, which is understandable. It's going to, but this is why you don't do it for long periods of time, obviously. Um, But I was just like, this sucks. Like this is shit. Like I would hate to be training like this all the time. It's just not enjoyable. No, it's not. It's not honestly, trust us, eating the more food and like smashing it in training is good. It's fun. It's exciting. It's so fun. Well, we think it's fun. Um, yeah. And just remember that it's okay to want to change your body, but, mm. and you can respect your body and mm. want to change it. Yeah. And it's been, like I said, because initially when I was doing the deficit, I was a bit scared. Like I said, this that sounds so silly, but I was like, oh, you know, I just don't like being hungry and I don't like being in a deficit. But I was like, all right, so I'm going to change my attitude about this. I thought I'm going to go through this and it'll be a great experience because I haven't for so long done this or done it properly like this. It'll be a good experience for me to experience what it's like with clients. And I, you know, was really strategic with my food and made sure I ate all fruit, no juice, like really filling foods. And I kept it really consistent the same. And then I did the four weeks and come out the other side. And I'm like, oh, it's just really interesting. Like, you know, now I'm eating between 26, 2700 calories and I'm maintaining a much leaner physique, eating the same food you know, walking the same, training the same, like it's been, a, it's been so interesting, just also shows me what that ultra consistency can do in terms of results. Because before I was an ultra, I didn't need to be, we were just, I was just eating to maintain my weight and like, it didn't matter, but it's been such an interesting process. And I'm so excited to get to the next stage where it's like, okay, Craig's like, we'll push your food up, we'll push up your training volume a bit more. And then I'm excited to go through that process too and see mm. what I can achieve. And it's just really yeah, it's been interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I really to go like um, how you brought up the fear piece. I think that's mm-hmm. really powerful for those that are listening. That you know, Kitty was making a change to what she had created momentum that she was doing for years, and then there was a change, and that created fear. Mm. And so that's it's a, a totally normal response. So for women that have been under eating, and then we slowly start to increase their intake, there's so much fear around that. Mm. And so we hear you and we see you. And even Kitty, you know, the example that she just gave, she felt fear around mm. doing that, you know, fear of like being hungry, fear of like, okay, what's my body going to do? Like, maybe it's going to flip out and not like <laughs> it. How's my training going to be shit? Yeah, and look- like, 
I didn't die, yeah. guys. I was, got to the end, and Craig's like, "Oh, God. like he's probably he yeah. poor Craig has to listen to me crap on about it." But it was fine. But I that's didn't important, die. <laughs> Kitty. That's like I'm really glad that you said that yeah. Yeah. because that's such a I think a pivotal piece that you know even still nine years deep into a practice when you're yeah. when you're asking your body to do something, there's a little bit of fear there. Yeah, and I yeah I think that's you know. That's um, a really powerful thing for women who are just at the start. You know, mm. we, you know, and I totally understand why you have a lot of fear. Um, mm. if, if we still feel it sometimes, you know, 12 years deep into a practice that I'm afraid all the time, especially when it comes to my training. And so thanks and look, for sharing that. <laughs> it wasn't actually as bad as I thought. I got to the end. I was like, oh, that actually wasn't that bad. It was pretty easy. And like, I felt a bit hungry the first week and then my body sort of got used to it. And then obviously we stopped in the four week mark and, achieve the result really easily yeah. it was very easy actually like I was actually surprised I was like my body Craig's like but you've been training so hard for so long you've got so much muscle you've been eating like so much food that your body is just primed to drop body fat and you train hard so it was not that just shows if you can build that foundation I think it, it yeah it just I didn't die either I was okay <laughs> and I'm I was, really glad you didn't because I really <laughs> like you yeah thanks I like you too Amy but no it was it's a cool experience and I'm looking forward to just documenting sharing with everyone like we're taking photos all the whole process and yeah and then just want to get to this exciting building stage so anyway I'm just looking at the time because we love to talk don't we our podcast could go for ages but thank you so much Amy for coming on again um, and we will do the mobility one because it is important <laughs> She said she, that she thinks it's really unsexy and not I, as exciting. But, you know, and I totally I agree. That. It's not. But come on, let me just like, I'll, I'll sell it to you. It is, <laughs> no, but it is, it, is, it is important. And like you say, if you don't want to be injured all the time, which you don't, um, I just felt like this was something that came up and we started talking. About, I was like, oh, let's talk about this. Um, and we can always, I always need more podcasts. So um, thanks so much, Amy, for coming on. And I'll drop, but you guys already all know Amy, but I'll drop it details in the podcast notes anyway follow her she's amazing she does awesome shit um and uh yeah we'll see you amy in about a month for a mobility podcast okay beautiful kitty okay. thank you so much for having me thanks so much bye, bye.